You're listening to Love, Maine Radio with Dr. Lisa Belial, recorded in the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Dr. Lisa Belial is a physician trained in family and preventative medicine, acupuncture, and public health. She offers medical care and acupuncture at Brunswick Family Medicine. Read more about her integrative approach to wellness in Maine Magazine. Love, Maine Radio is available for download free on iTunes. See the Love Maine Radio Facebook page or www.lovemainradio.com for details. Now here are a few highlights from this week's program. Educators are optimists. I think we believe what we're doing impacts the future. It goes beyond memory. As, as we help students become their best selves, we're helping the world become a better place. I think about my work and I think about what we're doing at the school. And if I've ever contributed something that's worth attaching my name to, that's great. But I think what's really important is what's happening in the lives of our students, and that's what carries forward. We're rather informal, and I gotta make sure people understand that when they come, and I think they do, and a lot of people just appreciate just being able to be this relaxed, and I hopefully I bring that kind of comfort to that situation. Love, Maine Radio is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial, Harding Lee Smith of The Rooms, and Bangor Savings Bank. This is Dr. Lisa Belial, and you are listening to Love, Maine Radio, show number 176, Bethel airing for the first time on Sunday, January 25th, 2015. Bethel is known for being home to one of Maine's largest ski resorts, Sunday River. It is also a place of great natural beauty every season of the year. This informs the creative spirit which can be found in places like Gould Academy and the Mill Hill Inn. Today we speak with Matt Ruby, Gould Academy head of school, and Woody Hughes, nationally renowned potter and owner of the Mill Hill Inn in Bethel. Thank you for joining us. Having spent many uh, a lovely winter weekend and winter evening actually as well up in Bethel, it's a great pleasure to speak with an individual today who is doing the same and in fact is there full time. This is Matt Ruby who is Gould Academy's head of school and he has been there since 2012. He hails from um, a similar latitude out in the Minneapolis region. We're so glad to have you here today. Glad to be here, Lisa. Thank you. Matt, tell me why it is that you thought it was a good idea to go into education. I didn't go right into education. I graduated from college. I was in the Navy for seven years, uh, uh, worked on ships and other things, and then uh, worked in the corporate world for a little while. And uh, But there comes a point when you start asking yourself not only is this interesting work but is it what I care about and uh, I was lucky enough to have the chance to go back to school and uh, become a teacher and uh, um, work I love to this day so and it's a slightly different type of thing that you're doing as a head of school which I'll have you define for us in a minute um, as opposed to being a teacher both important jobs, but very different. Right. Well, you know, when I became a teacher, I thought, you know, I'm putting management behind me. I, you know, at that point in my life, I'd, 
uh, been a naval officer, and then I was, again, working in the corporate world. I thought, I'm going to go be a craftsman teacher, but I could not shake the habits of thinking about organizations and how to move them forward. And so as much as I love teaching, I had opportunities to move into administration and to think about um, the larger questions of how schools can be great and great at helping students grow and be prepared for the world. And, um, uh, and that's what I'm doing in Bethel now at Gould. You also served um, as the head of a history department. Is that, your, is that your educational love? That is. And I would suppose if I have a hobby, it's reading history. And uh, um, that's uh, when I first was hired to be a history teacher, I couldn't quite believe I was getting paid to do it. And uh, seeing uh, students learn about themselves through the history of their local area and then sort of working into larger and larger circle you know circles of uh, of care and and uh, uh, scope was pretty exciting work and uh, um, so for me that was the kind of thing where i'd go into work each day and you go into class and um, it doesn't take much for kids to get excited and um, so uh, i went home pretty happy with my work every day in going to Gould, you were you were going to a place that actually has its own very um, rich sense of history. It was founded in 1836. Correct. So it's been around for quite a while, longer than many of the schools in Maine. Tell me about Gould's history. Well, Gould started as uh, you know as so many schools did in this region. It was a um, the town school, but people paid a tuition to go there before the um, public education matured. Uh, and ultimately it became a private town academy, and there are several of those still in the state of Maine, very successful town academies. But in 1968, um, Gould stopped being a uh, private and public entity and became a strictly private college prep school. And uh, so since 68, we've been uh, you know, a college prep private boarding school, um, and now we're about 245 students from 18 states, 17 countries, and, um, and it's a very exciting place. What does it mean to be head of school? Uh, being head of school is, um, in a boarding school, is a very particular thing. This is a place where we all live together, work together. Uh, and honestly, when I first started working in boarding schools, I thought, this feels very familiar. And it reminded me of being on a ship when I was in the Navy where there were several hundred adolescents and I was a 22-year-old officer all trying to get through their day and be productive. Our work is not so different, except in our case, we're creating a community where, um, you know, it's certainly a voluntary association. People decide to join this community because they see it as a place where they can grow, where they can be challenged, and they're going to find the sort of relationships that really uh, move them forward in their lives. And um, when I first visited Gould, I saw that um, just in so many ways. Uh, when my wife Kathy and I um, first visited, the part of the process uh, for becoming head of school was to sit with students, and there were three times where we sat with students, and it was just voluntary. Kids would just come if they wanted to packed rooms each time, very engaged kids. So 40 to 60 kids in a room looking at you and you're sitting there 
uh, and it's unscripted. And what struck me about the students was uh, they just wanted to know who we were. Did they like us? Did we like them? Would we care about their community and take care of it and them? And um, was I fun? You know, they asked me what was my favorite Harry Potter character or who was my favorite Harry Potter character. And who is it? Oh, Ron Weasley, without a doubt. And um, and it was just you sit with those kids and you go, these were great. And, and in becoming a head of school, to go back to your question, you're really looking for a fit. You know, is this a place where you can come and go, yeah, we're really a match because you are a spokesman not only for the intellectual life of the school and the reasons to come for very practical purposes, um, but also the culture of the school. And you're responsible for the mission in all of its facets. And if you don't feel that at a, re at a gut level, the work's pretty tough. When I think about Gould Academy, I think about skiing. Uh, when I was in high school with the Yarmouth High School ski team, we had our Christmas ski camp at Gould Academy. I remember sleeping on the gym floor. I'm sure it's um, it's still just as lovely as it was when I was there. Sure. Uh, but I know that, and I know that Gould is very successful and has a strong affiliation um, with Sunday River. You know, you you also have you have downhill, you have cross country, but Gould is also known for other things. Gould is a flat out great school, and um, but I will I will say the partnership with Sunday River was one of the things that interested me about the school, and not because I'm a skier because I'd never skied down a mountain before I came to Bethel, and um, uh, and this may be the year I move from green to blue. We'll see, um, uh, but I was interested in a school that had the creativity and agility to have a partnership with an entity like Sunday River and successfully blend. Uh, a top-notch academic program with other great opportunities. And the great opportunities at the mountain are so far-ranging from the highly competitive um, skiing, freestyle skiing, snowboarding that, you, that you, most people know about to the, um, the only ski patrol uh, program where students can earn a jacket, uh, working with, um, with Maine Adaptive and our students helping people uh, have fun and learn and grow on the snow, teaching local elementary and middle, middle school students how to ski. I mean, Sunday River has been, um, is, is a laboratory of learning for us. And then that got me thinking, well, if we can do that with Sunday River, and we've got a great academic program, you know, let's do, with the resources at Gould, the incredible capacity of the faculty, let's do that throughout the school which is really a main thing. I mean, Mainers are doers, they're makers. I mean, that's kind of a Yankee, that's in the Yankee DNA, and you can see that there. And so now we're working on programs that really um, create those opportunities for our students. From what I understand, Gould has um, worked very hard to move with the times that you've continued to invest in not only your educators but also in infrastructure and you really are seeking to be this world-class educational institution. Tell me a little bit about that process. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we'll use a word that is overused quite a bit, but it's being a place that is uh, entrepreneurial. Um, you know, one of the things that's true in, in just about any endeavor is you can never really know if you're right, but you'll always know if you're wrong. 
And we can't be afraid of that in education. We've got a responsibility to model for our students uh, being risk takers, being innovative, and looking at the world, recognizing problems, and taking action in response. So that means we need, we, what we are doing is we are having a conversation across our entire community about what that means and how does that turn into action for our students. And what has happened in the past two years in terms of opportunities for our students, one, uh, we established a partnership with the Manhattan School of Music. So if you are in Bethel at Gould Academy, you are able to take lessons with the faculty of one of the finest conservatories in the country um, with uh, a, a proprietary system developed by the Manhattan School of Music. And this is not a second class way to take music lessons. This is how talent connects these days because it's efficient. You know, why travel, you know, why travel across the country? Why take time parking and finding your way when you can connect? And it's multiple microphones, multiple cam cameras, very intimate. And we're finding great success with that. And it just opens up opportunities for students. A next area of specific investment is uh, the creation of our Ideas Center. We have renovated uh, an entire floor of our core academic building to create a facility that really revolves around the idea of design thinking, which is a process coming out of the Stanford Design School, that, uh, a process that gives students an approach to creativity. And it just seemed obvious to us that if there is a writing process that we teach students, if there's a scientific method, if the world needs creative minds, why aren't we teaching them a creative method? And why aren't we creating the opportunities and giving them access to the tools to exercise that creative method? So in the Ideas Center, um, what you would see is a, an open space, thousands of square feet of uh, community space, sliding whiteboards for impromptu um, collaborative work, um, you know, high tables and uh, lots, of, lots of other moving pieces, but you'd also see a new uh, woodworking shop, uh, a digital peripheral space with 3D printers, CNC routers, laser cutters, and a video and music production room. So we really wanted to um, provide our students with the geography and the resources to take their ideas and move them forward. What you're describing is so interesting to me because um, having lived up in Bethel for a period of time, what I know about Bethel is that there there's so much beauty and there's so much quiet uh, and there's and there's a sort of a sense that you're away from the noise of everyday life, and you're describing creativity, and I think that um, both of those. I, I think necessarily coexist. You actually need to have both space and also interaction in order to generate ideas. At least you've hit on something really important about the assets of the school, which are being where we are in the mountains, the beauty of the place. Our students have the opportunity and in fact have to unplug and to go interact in the natural world where you cannot modify the environment as you can in the digital world. You have to deal with what comes your, your way and be creative and resilient in the face of those challenges. Um, in our program, for example, in our four-point program, all of our juniors will go on a 10-day expedition in the Mahusik Mountains in March. So this is everyone. These are students who've grown up in Shanghai and hardly been off a sidewalk you know, until they came to Gould. 
and they're off winter camping, working as teams, and uh, uh, it's an amazing thing to see how people grow, and they come back from events like that smiling and as exhausted as they are, just with that look on their face that says, I can conquer the world, I can do anything. And that's really what we want to have happen at Gould. We want students to develop that sort of creative confidence that they can do that and to have the skills to support it. But in our community where they're working with great adults, great students, they start to develop their moral imagination too so they can discern what's worth doing. So it's not just about being able to do something slick with a 3D printer. It's about doing something that's meaningful. And that's one of the reasons we really like the design thinking process, because it starts with empathy. It starts with thinking outside of your head. And I think we can all agree when we're talking about adolescence, that's a big move. And, um, and I think we can all use practice in that. Here on Love, Maine Radio, we've long recognized the link between health and wealth. Here to speak more on the topic is Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial. Wouldn't it be great if we could spend our days doing all the things we dreamed of while gazing up at the stars on a crystal clear night? Yet for most people, and I include myself in that group, the realities of daily living prevent it from happening. We all have responsibilities to our employers, our families, people who rely on us to be there for them. But what if you could get to a place where you're able to reinvent yourself and start a new journey that was more fulfilling? What if you could define what true north meant and find your star and start walking towards it? What if you had the money to embark on a second life because financial worry had fallen off your radar? This, my friends, is what I call the seventh state of your financial evolution. While I'm certainly not there yet, I'm here to help you get there. It's time to evolve. Get in touch with Shepherd Financial and we'll help you evolve with your money. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Flagship Harbor Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Flagship Harbor Advisors and Shepherd Financial are separate entities from LPL Financial. Love, Maine Radio is brought to you by Bangor Savings Bank. For over 150 years, Bangor Savings has believed in the innate ability of the people of Maine to achieve their goals and dreams. Whether it's personal finance, business banking, or wealth management assistance you're looking for, at Bangor Savings Bank, you matter more. For more information, visit www.bangor.com. Matt, you and your wife, Kathy, have two children who are in their early 20s, and they've been around during the time that you've explored the idea of education and creativity and, um, and the mind. And how has your work as an educator informed your work as a parent? And what would your children say about that? Well, we all know we're better with other people's children than our own. So <laughs> I think I... I'm really lucky that I have an amazing partner in Kathy, uh, my wife, and uh, and we have two great children. I think they would say that, um, you know, in our house we talk about everything all of the time, and even from a young age we were talking about big ideas. And, um, you know, my wife said when she first met me and she started becoming, getting to know the Rubies, she was like, there's just no such thing as small talk in this household, is there? And 
<laughs> she's she's probably right about that. Uh, when I speak with my own children, you know, I I see they have a, a nuance of thinking about the world that I really appreciate, and a willingness to challenge me in my thinking that I appreciate even more. And that's just come from years of conversation, and I think it it goes back to what is most important in any learning, and certainly is at the core of the Gould experience, which is humans learn through relationship. And as much as technology has created wonderful opportunities for flexibility in terms of time and space and, and how we deliver content, still people learn through relationship. That's how they, they students see their teachers, and that gives them, helps them develop a vision of themselves in the future. Um, you see someone you admire and you start, you look at various people you admire and think, who do I want to be like? Uh, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. And when, when young people have a rich array of marvelous people around them, that's inspiring. And it lets them know also that they, you know, adulthood matters, that they're moving towards something of, of great import. And, um, and, and when, you, when I talk to our alums and our students, our current students at Gould, that's really what they talk about in the experience. Uh, we have incredibly challenging academics. They're doing incredibly challenging things in the outdoors, doing things independently and with faculty. Uh, but, but in the end, it's that sense of being part of something and working with people that help them see their better, better selves, that help them challenge themselves. And um, it's good stuff. To me, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the worlds that you came from um, the Navy, the military, corporate, um, and I'm thinking about the world that I come from, healthcare, and how so much has, um, so much focus has been on metrics. And I know in education, there's so much focus on testing and reaching in, you know, and benchmarks and things like this. But I do think that the relationship piece will always be fundamental to any of these, any of these places. So it's an interesting question as to how to continue to foster excellence, you know, to continue to foster the, to continue to acknowledge the importance of relationships and also um, do what needs to be done in order to meet standards. So as, as an independent school, we don't have to do all of the testing that other schools do, which gives us a great amount of freedom, but also a great responsibility to push the envelope to see what's possible. And I think that's the role of independent schools in American education. We get to be the laboratories. And, um, and there are a lot of ways we look at our outcomes that are, I mean, we certainly, we're held to a very high standard by our families. You know, the, the college outcomes, what, you know, success in college. And we're small enough where we, you know, we get plenty of feedback on that. So we're highly accountable in that sense. But we also, can look at our own productivity in terms of, we can see the quality of relationship because we can see when things aren't going right and we can keep track of that. We can, as you think about the ideas center and the sort of, you know, what's gonna happen in that space, which I can't predict entirely, which is part of the excitement. You know, we've, we've been having conversations about measuring our creative productivity as a community. You know, are things really happening? Are things of value coming out? Are our students discerning things worth doing or are they just doing you know, or is this trinket making, you know, which is not our goal, um, although it may be a step for some students in terms of skill building. 
Um, are we teaching them the right competencies? So when they go to take their idea beyond the school, how is their writing? How is their numerical literacy when they need to put together a business plan, uh, whether it's for uh, you know, a, a, bus you know a, a business like opening a restaurant you know, and you, um, or social entrepreneurship, or even an artist is really an entrepreneur, um, scientists. So I, we have a lot of feedback on both the competence level and then our productivity as a creative community. Matt, after listening to our conversation, I know that people are going to want to learn more about Gould Academy, what um, your wonderful history has been, as well as what your future looks like and how they could perhaps um, get involved. So uh, you can go to gouldacademy.org if you want to see what's going on at the school. Uh, if you search on Facebook under Gould Academy, you'll find an array of Gould Academy. Uh, a, a lot, we have a large presence on Facebook because there's just so much going on that we want to get out there. Uh, and certainly come to, give me a call and come on down and have a cup of coffee. It's always great to come to Bethel. And Gould is a fascinating place. Uh, the, the, this small school has a richness of program and a creativity and agility that um, that's what drew me there. And it just continues to fire me up every day. So come on down. As an individual who's interested in history, and I think it's notable that you joined the Navy, which of course has its own rich history as opposed to the Air Force, and I have mm. family members in both yeah. arms of the of those of the service. Um, what is it that you hope people will look back on your life, on the life of Matt Ruby, and say, what what is your what is your historical um, imprint going to be? Uh, I guess I'm not so concerned about Matt Ruby being remembered. I, I have educators are optimists. I think we believe what we're doing impacts the future. Uh, it's it goes beyond memory. As as we help students become their best selves, we're helping the world become a better place. So I, I think about my work, and I think about um, what we're doing at the school, and um, and if. If I've ever contributed something that's worth attaching my name to, that's great. Um, but I, th I think what's really important is what's happening in the lives of our students, and that's what carries forward. Well, then let's 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 take Gould Academy as a as a, as an entity. What yeah. do you hope that the what do you hope the legacy of Gould Academy will be? Well, I'll tell you what I hope how we're how I hope we'll be understood. Um, I hope we will be understood as that place you have to go if your mind is on fire and you're interested in being with creative, supportive people because you've got things you want to do, that you're ready to go beyond tests, um, you're ready to make things and do things uh, that stem from your thesis, your argument, how you want to impact the world. And even if you don't know what that is, you want to be in the place where you'll figure that out. I, I think. I want us to be that destination, and it's one of the reasons I went to Gould, because I think it can be, because in many ways it is. Where are your children now? Uh, my daughter is uh, at Ithaca College. She's in the vocal performance program, hoping to be an opera singer. And my son is an ensign in the Coast Guard, stationed in Boston on the Spencer. And do you think that the, the choices that you've made in your life have in any way influenced their decisions? Uh, they tell me so, and uh, 
and they're very nice kids to tell me that. Um, you know, I was in the Navy. My son went to the Coast Guard Academy and is now on a cutter. And he says that hearing about life at sea certainly affected him. Um, music runs deep in our family. And uh, Johanna, my daughter, happens to be in a different league than any of us. And so we're just excited to watch her become and learn. In a place like Gould, um, I would think it's important to have a spouse who is as invested in the work that you're doing as it is to have you be invested in the work that you're doing. Um, How have you and Kathy managed to continue this mutual coexistence for all of these years? Well, you fall in love. (laughs) I'll start with that. Uh, We met in college and... um, uh, graduated and something was missing and we got back in touch and uh, that's where it started for us and I I think that hasn't changed but just as important we're a really good team we complement each other well Um, I think she's the smartest person I've ever met and um, and certainly there's no one I rely on more and when you're in Bethel doing this work uh, you know she's my best friend and uh, best decision I ever lucked into making and uh, and do you think this um, relationship that you have with Kathy the the team member the best friend the wife the mother of your children do you think that having this relationship is some way a modeling for the students that know the two of you I think you know boarding schools certainly you're very public figures and I think a, a healthy um, marital relationship is important to the community it would be unsettling um, if we weren't a good team, and and kids talk about, they like to see us happy together. They, you know, and the faculty tell us the same thing. You know, and uh, um, it's not something we, you know, it's not an agenda. It's just who we are. And, and I, I, I will tell you, I think um, any boarding school worth its salt in the hiring process looks at that because it is such an all-in job. And uh, and Kathy has a job outside of Gould, but she still contributes a great deal. I guess the reason I'm asking this is that it seems as though we spend a lot of time educating our children. And of course, as I mentioned to you before, I have three children of my own. We spend a lot of time educating our children on facts and figures and ideas and creativity and extracurriculars. I'm not sure how much we educate them in the sphere of relationships beyond modeling them ourselves. And I, and I don't know exactly how to go, one would go about doing that. But I, I think if you have somebody else's children and you've, you have them in Bethel, they're away no. from their families, then I would think that the teachers and um, you yourself and Kathy would be important to that process. Well, I think across in any school, the first rule is to hire happy, healthy, smart people. There is no amount of policy, there is no curriculum, there's nothing that replaces that. Um, because you're, you know, every student is fragile. They're young human beings and they're looking for identity. They're looking for the relationships that will draw them forward. And that's a tremendous responsibility for the adults involved. And you can't fake it with kids. They're going to know. And so when we bring an adult into the community, we think very carefully, what do they bring? And just on their worst day, with their guard down, which we all have, is this still someone we want around our kids at Gould? Matt, tell us again the website for Gould Academy. GouldAcademy.org. I appreciate the work that you're doing with um, 
with the children who are going to school, the young adults who are going to school at Gould Academy. And um, I know that Bethel is a richer place for having had Gould um, located there for all of these years. We've been speaking with Matt Ruby, who is the head of school at Gould Academy. Thanks so much for being a part of Love, Maine Radio. Thank you, Lisa. As a physician and small business owner, I rely on Marcy Booth from Booth, Maine, to help me with my own business and to help me live my own life fully. Here are a few thoughts from Marcy. When was the last time you took a break from what you were doing, from the work that was piled up on your desk, and just looked up? I know that during the course of my days, I often forget to take a moment or two to just breathe, look up at the sky, and dream. Terrible that I have to remind myself to breathe, but when I do, I feel energized because in those moments, I'm able to let go of the daily grind and think more about what I want to accomplish, how I want my business to grow. Sometimes those are the aha moments. If we all took a few moments out each day to stop what we're doing and dream a little about our business futures, not only would we feel a great sense of calm, but we may come to realize that these dreams can, in fact, come true. I'm Marcy Booth. Let's talk about the changes you need. BoothMaine.com This segment of Love, Maine Radio is brought to you by the following generous sponsors. Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage in Yarmouth, Maine. Honesty and integrity can take you home. With Remax Heritage, it's your move. Learn more at rheritage.com. Having spent a fair amount of time in Bethel, Maine, as a skier and um, runner, walker, enjoyer of nature, I also um, spent time with this next individual, Woody Hughes, at the Mill Hill Inn in Bethel. Well, I, I should say I didn't spend specific time with you, but at your at your place of work. Woody is an acclaimed potter. He taught at Dowling College, Parsons School of Design, and has given over 60 workshops across the country and internationally. Woody returned to Western Maine in 2001, where he taught pottery and design at Gould Academy for nine years, leaving in 2010 to open the Mill Hill Inn. So thanks for coming in. and My pleasure, absolutely. And we're really happy that you're willing to share your story, because it's kind of an interesting one. Well, it's, I'm coming back. I mean, it's... Um you know, I am a New Yorker, so I'm from the evil empire, um, but I've been coming to Maine since the mid-60s, and, you know, my initial, my real introduction to Bethel was back in 73 when I attended Gould and graduated in 75. I think it's very interesting because, um, well, first of all, I should, I need to just put this out there. Your food is fantastic. When we are out in Bethel and your place is open and it's serving to people who are not just staying at your inn, mm-hmm. uh, we are first in line. We reserved for New Year's Eve. We brought our kids there. Our kids love your food. Um, it's just so tasty and yet and interesting and yet unassuming. You know, it's, it's, it's an awkward subject for me because, you know, I'm technically I'm not trained. Where I'm highly trained is a ceramic artist. So to be running in this... Um, in this realm, you know, it, it creates a little discomfort for me. I mean, I, my approach is very simple, um, and I use 
good ingredients and I don't try to get in over my skill set. And so um, I once described the menu. I finally found a way to describe the menu, and it's sort of like going to a good, hopefully a good potluck supper where there's going to be lots of different tastes. It's not always well coordinated in terms of a theme for the restaurant, but you're going to have lots of different tastes. And I think that's what really sums up what we do there because it's Mediterranean at times, it's Asian at times, it's, it's salads, it's, it's all geared towards um, um, eating a little lighter and not rushing anyone through a meal. And it's sort of how I eat now at my age. Um, just a little more sensibilities, you know, a few sense of more sensitivities towards what the food's going to taste like and, and how it makes you feel afterwards and the next day and everything like that. And that's really important. I know I, I'm not a meat eater and I don't eat a lot of um, non-rice carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So to be able to go to a place in, in Bethel, Maine, and have the option to eat food that's not just, you know, steak and french fries, yeah. which, I mean, I, I guess I just don't eat that. So, you know, so, but I think that it's interesting that you would have some reservation about putting yourself out there as a chef because um, really all you're trying to do is put out a nice something yeah. for the people that are kind of hanging out in, in Bethel. I mean, an Indus serves food. I'm very comfortable with that that description of what we do. And then as people enjoy the food more and more people come because of um, word of mouth or whatever. Um, I, I honestly feel like I I have to really be on my game and I sort of up my game a little bit. And that's what I'm working on doing um, in terms of all aspects of it, whether how we serve. and But I still want to keep it rather informal because when I do go to restaurants, I don't critique the food because I honestly feel their skill set's much better than mine. But I, I look at what they're, I see, I try to look to see what are they attempting to do and how does the o- overall presentation work. And, um, and that's where I go. How did that meal feel to me? And, um, and I'm comfortable critiquing job, um, you know, other places in those terms. And, um, and it basically is it's how I feel at the throughout the meal and how I feel after the meal and so and that's where I feel like I've framed something pretty nice you know um, when I think about it my original business plan was have 18 guests and have 18 guests invite 18 friends and that was sort of the format that I thought I could manage and um, and as each year it's gotten a little bigger I have to sort of rethink it um, and be willing, how far am I willing to take it? Like I'm only open three days a week. I can't, I can't see myself going to five days a week because I do all the prep with my son, Aaron. We do all the prep and he helps me cook on the big nights. So I think that's, that's my limit. So um, I don't know if that make any sense. No, it makes lots of sense. Okay. And it, it's interesting because um, it's not just your son, Aaron. It's also your wife, Lee. Right. She's sort of your front of the house, and she's front of the house. She uh, is so enthusiastic. She runs around. She has her phone in her apron pocket or whatever, and she's she's right there. She's having a conversation with you, and and you're eating off of pottery that you've created. Yeah. So it's not just about when I say the food is fantastic. It's also about 
it's the vibe, it's the fireplaces you come in, and, and you know, it's the it's little bar that you have, the great drinks. It feels very warm. It's it's supposed to feel like we're all family, and I, I can start with my bartender, Ashley, who I've known for 13 years, and I taught at school, and so I, I'm that familiar with her. So our relationship is like, you know, uh, father daughter whatever and whenever people come in and then she recommends waitresses so I've never had to place an ad and have someone um, come in not from the outside I don't want to sound too exclusive but they all recommend somebody and so it stays with we birds of a feather are all in our building so we're, we're very informal in that way and we're very comfortable around each other and I think that lends itself to a, a, a really pleasant experience and then Lee you know, this is her first year's front of the house, and when I was, before she came, I was always cooking, but I was never aware of what was going on in the building. I always had to ask one of the waitresses, how's it, how's it feel out there? What's going on out there? And now, um, so I'm pleased, so pleased that I have someone out there who can set that stage, make that work. And because once again, we don't have very many rules in terms of how we serve and what I want, what my expectations are from the, the girls. I think it's really clean and good repair in terms of appearance and be yourself is my, really my only instructions. And we're going to give a few more this year, so make sure that our service is up to speed. But, but I like that nature because these kids are all individuals. They're all, they're all special and they all have, they all have a story. And, and I want that to be part of the place as much as anything. It seems as though for you, although you're not teaching at Gould anymore, there's still an educator aspect to your personality, to your persona. Absolutely. I mean, it's exactly the way I taught. I was really hands-off. I'd give When I taught pottery, I gave very short demos, and then I would just constantly visit students as they we're grappling with whatever I introduced. And it's the same thing when we work in the kitchen or wherever else. I, I don't have that many instructions. I don't, you're just sort of thrown in and I'm there. And then your skill set um, sort of grows around you in sort of a natural way. I don't try to force it. I will always back them up. If someone gets in the weeds because there, it's too many tables or it's do this, you know, I have, we're all, we all have the capabilities of walking out into the dining room, help someone bus, bring plates out, visit a guest. Those are everyone's instructions. So everyone's skill set is, is growing um, in a pretty natural, organic way. Um, and it, it goes in many different directions. Everyone has a different strength, and I don't try to curb that or um, I don't try to really change anyone from who they are. And then we all start out pretty similar. So I think it's, it's been working. Because um, I have a crew now of about six. And they've been with me for a full year now. So I'm, I think I'm doing something right. I'm keeping them. I'm paying them well. Um, we're, we're making all the little adjustments throughout the season to keep people happy that we need to make. And um, I just, you know, I, I talk to each person individually. What do you need from me? This is what I need from you. These are the changes I see that we need to take the place. Um, can you do that? And, and that was the conversation we had with every employee one-on-one -on -one for the startup of the year last week. So... I think it works. 
It almost seems as though there's a parallel between what you are doing and creating this the Mill Hill Inn and the Mill Hill Inn restaurant kind of from good good clay. You start with a good good something in front of you on the wheel and then you give instructions as to how the wheel is used and how to put your fingers in there but then you really rely on each individual to make their own piece make their own bowl make their own whatever it is and that's and the importance of lee is because now she's my eyes or the eyes not mine the eyes of the place and then she can make the adjustments and lee and i are are complete opposites. I see the big picture, she sees the details. And between the two of us, we really, I think, cover most bases that need to be covered. Um, that's, I mean, and you know, in the kitchen's just a, stu- you know, a pottery is a process. It's, it, it's a process that's repeated. There's many elements to the cycle to make a pot. And it's just like a kitchen. So, I mean, I'm getting a lot of satisfaction of, out of doing the kitchen as if it were a studio. And um, I think that's what keeps it keeps it fresh because I'm always ask I'm, I ask what do you th- you know everyone's opinion and I'm it doesn't look like I'm listening sometimes people get frustrated because I, I usually divert my eyes and I don't really respond but I'm taking it all in and then I usually address it a day or two or a week later what I liked about what they said but I usually don't um, react at the time and I think that's probably a fault of mine where I, I probably need to say, I, I heard what you just said, I'm gonna think about that, but I don't. I just sort of, but everyone has input. Um, my bartender, Ashley, once again, it's her bar. Wherever you wanna take it, uh, I'll tell you when the bottom line starts to get pinched, but w- what direction do you wanna take it? I'm hands off, but we can't get crazy. <laughs> We're in Western Maine. We are only open three days a week. We don't have endless people pouring through the door so you have to you have to really um craft uh you know a solution that is also nimble how did you come to be at gould academy in the first place if you grew up in new york and then you came to maine to go to school why choose gould um it's it's interesting Um, there's a moment in life when um when you're not doing well as a as a kid sometimes and I was I found myself in that situation where um, nothing was really working for me and a a neighbor from down the street and it's funny she's she's an artist and she lives in Portland and she works in a very good restaurant in town to support her art she went to Gould and when my time to get in a little trouble came up it was the solution for my family because Nancy did um, something very similar and moved up and probably was introduced to art like I was at the academy. And it became both our lives. But that's where what's sort of unique about Gould, almost all my adult skills, whether it's recreation, whether it's what I read or how I read or where my politics are, or the fact that I learned to make pottery at Gould that became my career. So um, the academy, you know, saved my life. I, I give it two two checks because back when I returned, when I was 45, in 2001, once again it centered me 
there's a pottery term that centered me and and started out another a new chapter in my life and so it did it it did it twice and I whether it's Bethel or Western Maine or the Academy when I speak of Gould, Gould Academy, I still use the word we as if I'm involved in it. Um, so that's what it means to me. It's, it's, I'm still connected to it emotionally, even though I'm five years out. There was a time when the apothecary was a place where you could get safe, reliable medicines, carefully prepared by experienced professionals, coupled with care and attention, focused on you and your unique health concerns. Apothecary by Design is built around the forgotten notion that you don't just need your prescriptions filled, you need attention, advice, and individual care. Visit their website, apothecarybydesign.com, or drop by the store at 84 Marginal Way in Portland and experience pharmacy care the way it was meant to be. Experience chef and owner Harding Lee Smith's newest hit restaurant, Boone's Fish House and Oyster Room, Maine Seafood at its finest. Joining sister restaurants The Front Room, The Grill Room, and The Corner Room, this newly renovated two-story restaurant at 86 Commercial Street on Custom House Wharf overlooks scenic Portland Harbor. Watch lobstermen bring in the daily catch as you enjoy baked stuffed lobster, raw bar, and wood-fired flatbreads. For more information, visit www.theroomsportland.com. When you tell me that Gould um, does a lot with the arts, it makes me it makes me really happy because I think that you don't hear a lot about pottery, for example, in public schools. Yeah. Um, and sometimes kids who are in a public school setting or even a private school setting, if it's not quite the right one for them, their learning doesn't match up with the way that the teaching is occurring. Mm -hmm. It sounds like because Gould is, well, for whatever reason, it sounds like Gould finds a way to individually reach the, the kids who go there. Well, yes. I mean, Gould, especially back in my day, there was a lot of lateral movement in the day that permitted you to do follow activities that interest you and when I first started teaching at Gould I always thought we were what we did the best was um, I'm going to give Lorenzo Baker the nod for this phrase work with the negative spaces the classes being a positive space the sports being this another positive space and it's all the negative space in between these bigger programs and um, I honestly believe that was the most accurate statement I've ever heard describing Gould because that's where you have the one-on-one -on -one contact with the kids. That's when you're on weekend duty. That's when you take them up Mount Washington. Those are when all the things really come in when you cruise through a dorm, when you're not on duty, and you end up in a couple different conversations. Um, coming to the studio, I used to walk through the studio around study, start a study hall. Um, nothing more to just blow through there, but I, you know, blow, I might spend 10, 15, 20 minutes depending. But um, those were the time, that's what we we're really good at. And there's, I don't know, 50, 70 faculty, I think, that would probably agree with that statement. That's what we're good at. And then, you know, at the same time, Gould's really have up the academics um, and covering those bases too. And um, I, you know, not being in a 
a core curriculum class, being in you know, an adjunct class, it never, I never f felt the pressure from that. I just knew I had what I think could have been the best job there because every kid wanted to be there. I had them for a full year. I could, I could really have a special, a, I could change the pace based on their needs and where they were in their year, where they were with their academics, and still get, I had plenty of time to work with them in that year to get them to a place where I was satisfied with what I could, what I could get across to them. So. Out in Bethel, there there actually is a sense of space, and I don't know if it, I may I mean negative space maybe even that it's there's this this openness. There's the mountain, of course, that's there, and then there's you know not just the mountain that people ski up. There's yeah. lots of mountains and lots of all around. There's there's rivers and there's streams and there's large fields and there's just the sense of vastness at times that mm -hmm. I think maybe living on the coast I didn't really experience or haven't really experienced. Does that also impact the way that you are living your life or the way that you taught students when you were at Gould? Certainly the way I, I live my life. I don't need to go very many places and it seems like I go weeks and weeks without leaving Bethel. I almost say I'm on the, on the island of Bethel. Um, yes, Newry, Sunday River, you know, run up there to ski. But um, it's, it's the it's the counter to what I used to have to do when I lived in New York with commuting, the LIE, um, suburbia, and that. And so to remove myself from all those distractions, um, I find it a huge part of my life. Um, you know, I have a dog I take a walk with in the woods every day, or I ski with every day, and these and so I get out into these spaces, not like I used to, because the inn takes up time. So I'm, I'm staying closer home. But the Nordic skiing will be in, in at uh, at a ski center in, in town versus going backcountry, and because um, the work has gotten very big. But um, so I don't get out. I mean, but I wrote down my favorite hike is Rumford Whitecap was on a questionnaire, and I think that is a very doable hike. I sent a lot of my my guest up there and they all come back raving about that space and once again that that's a 300 that's an easy hike with a 360 degree view and you get the great view of the outback of Maine going up into the Lake District and it's um, so that's the I rely on um, um, the space from the quality of my life in Bethel for sure you came back to Maine in 2001? Yes. And you were 45. What happened? I was teaching in New York, but I, I went through a divorce, and I, I went on for a year um, after that, living in the house that um, because the studio was there, and my ex-wife moved up to Portland, actually. And um, uh, I sent my son to Gould the year before, and then the job opened up. The pottery job opened up. There was a young woman from the south who was freezing to death up here, and she lasted three years, and the job opened up. And um, without thinking about it, I just said, I disagreed. And now I, I should, probably should have negotiated a little harder, but I, I know I needed a change because I was, I was not drifting. I was sinking back home. And um, and that, that was I could I, I needed someone through once again it, it was like a life life jacket being thrown to me I and I knew it and I did I, it, 
I didn't think for a second. I just agreed to it. Get me out of here. And um, and I, I, I always wanted to come back to Bethel. I said it in high school, wouldn't this be a hoot of a job? or Wouldn't this be the coolest thing? And I remember being laughed at a little bit at 18. And I think, ah, screw them. And anyway, it's just, and it turned out to be right. It really did. It's, it, was, it was nice to give back. It's a little bit of a cliche, but it was nice to return from where you start. And you brought in your sensibilities because you've been through it. And I think I was strong at that, creating, creating special relationships with the kids I was working with. I, I, I did that well for a while. And, and it, you know, I burned out. I know I'm not going to, and I, it was good to leave. But, um, when I was on, I, I really felt I was. I felt like I covered it pretty well. Well, we hope that you don't burn out with this this latest <laughs> job at the Mill Hill Inn, um, and and I'm hoping that people will come to visit you. But now I, I want not too many people to come to visit you. We want yeah. it to feel comfortable. It will be because I, I will I will turn people away with the best of them, and ask them to return next weekend, and I will. Uh, and we'll explain to them f for all the reasons, f from my, my sanity to um, the capabilities of what we can do to the number of guests we already have. So it's not a bottom line project. And, and that's nice to have that pressure off me. It doesn't have to work every single night. Um, it, but you know, financially, it's it can be sort of a soft trend upwards is what I look for. I don't, I don't crunch numbers. Woody, how can people find out about the Mill Hill Inn? Well, we have a we have a darn, darn good web page, I believe, um, MillHillInn.com. Um, I don't print very many brochures anymore, um, but the web page, I believe, is printable. I believe it can go on an iPhone. Um, there's a, a video or two associated with it, so you get to get visual, you get tours of the building, um, the rooms, you get to hear and see, you know, I'm interviewed in a couple of these, and you get to see what the flavor of the place is going to be. I think it's important because once again, I'm, we're rather informal, and I got to make sure people understand that when they come, and um, I think they do. And a lot of people just appreciate just being able to be this relaxed. And I hopefully I bring that kind of comfort to that situation. Well, we appreciate your taking the time to come talk to us today. I know that you're just starting your season, so things are busy. So this is really a great, great privilege to have you on uh, Love Main Radio. So thank you. Very good. I appreciate this too. And we've been speaking with Woody Hughes, who is the owner of the Mill Hill Inn in Bethel and also an acclaimed potter. Keep enjoying what you're doing and keep doing a great job with it. I'll, I'll stay the course. <laughs> You've been listening to Love, Maine Radio, show number 176, Bethel. Our guests have included Matt Ruby and Woody Hughes. For more information on our guests and extended interviews, visit lovemainradio.com. Love, Maine Radio is downloadable for free on iTunes. For a preview of each week's show, sign up for our e-newsletter and like our Love, Maine Radio Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter and see my running, travel, food, and wellness photos as Bountiful1 on Instagram. We love to hear from you, so please let us know what you think of Love, Maine Radio. We welcome your suggestions for future shows. Also, let our sponsors know that you have heard about them here. We are privileged that they enable us to bring Love, Maine Radio to you each week. 
This is Dr. Lisa Belial. I hope that you have enjoyed our Bethel show. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. May you have a bountiful life. Love, Maine Radio is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial, Harding Lee Smith of The Rooms, and Bangor Savings Bank. Love, Maine Radio with Dr. Lisa Belisle is recorded in the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Our executive producers are Susan Grisanti, Kevin Thomas, and Dr. Lisa Belisle. Audio production and original music by John C. McCain. Content producer is Kelly Clinton, and our online producer is Ezra Wolfinger. Love, Maine Radio is available for download free on iTunes. See the Love, Maine Radio Facebook page or go to www.lovemainradio.com for details. <laughs>